I always say, I'm always a winner. I am never a victim. And how can you ever be a victim when God has purposed your life and everything is working together for your good? If you don't maintain that mindset, you're going to get stuck in anger and ain't it awful. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we're going to talk about a really interesting topic, at least to me, uh, women in leadership. I'm sure many of you will be interested in this as well. And we have with us Deborah Smith-Pagay. She is a CPA. She has a Master's in Business Administration. She is a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach and Speaker a certified behavior consultant, and a Bible teacher. And she's written quite a few books, 18. She's up to 18 now. And that includes the book that we'll be talking about today, which is called Lead Like a Woman. It just came out from Harvest House Publishers. And she also has some other interesting titles like Emergency Prayers. We could use those right now. (laughs) And then we have uh, 30 Days to Taming Your Tongue, which has sold over 1 million copies worldwide. So I think that would be a very useful topic for everyone. Deborah, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm really excited. So thanks for having me. Uh, It's great to have you here today, and you have had a great career. One thing I didn't mention is that you were vice president in a Fortune 500 company. Which one was that? MCA Universal Studios. They had a venture capital division, and we invested in startup companies. It was just one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. (laughs) I bet it was. (laughs) So tell me, did you always perceive yourself as a leader? I think so, but but only by default. I wasn't necessarily what they call a bossy little girl, <laughs> which <laughs> interestingly they don't call men bossy. But so obviously, it's you know the perception is that we've been socialized to think women are supposed to be leading for the mm-hmm. most part. But uh, so I can say, yeah, I I've often taken leadership roles if I see that somebody has defaulted on it. Yeah, excellent. So, what do you think are some of the most important leadership traits? Well, I, you know, what it's it's interesting that that that's a question because God has equipped us with several that really position us to excel as a leader. And in the book, I talk about twelve, and I just like to run through just a couple of them: uh, being collaborative and nurturing and intuitive. We always think of those as women's traits, but what they have found, Chris, is that. Uh, Most companies who have women in positions of leadership or even just on the board, their bottom line is bigger because these are the traits that cause people to embrace the company and its goals. And so they're finding that, hey, it pays to have a woman aboard. And so I am so excited about this whole concept because it's not about women against men. It's about women working together hand in hand with men. We don't do the hand to hand combat. <laughs> We're not competing. We're just completing each other. And and I'm so excited about that because I don't want anybody at any reason for any reason to think that we're ta- we're like women against men. Women are better. No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. <laughs> Excellent. God made us to complement each other. Yes. So he, he did it. Yeah, Chris. I think this is so funny, and we might we make jokes about it, but. In the garden, when God told Adam and Eve to go and replenish or fulfill the earth, neither one of them could 
fulfilled that mandate independently. Mm-hmm. They had to work together. <laughs> Can you imagine right. them? <laughs> and and you also have been married for many years, right? Who's your husband? Yeah. Darnell? My, Darnell, and we've been married 41 years, 41 years. And, and we just wow. have a great time. We just came in even today from a great walk, and we're best friends, and God is our drum major, so we try to stay in step with him, and sometimes we get out of step with him. <laughs> but he's God is our drum major, and it's just been a wonderful relationship. He really has. Love that. Never thought of God as a drum major, but that works. <laughs> that works. Yeah, it does. So as we mentioned, your most recent book is Lead Like a Woman. How did God make women good leaders in their own right? He put in them what was necessary to really cause people to say, I want to follow that person. He has made us uh, persuasive and, and vulnerable and servant-hearted. You know, most women love to serve. I was speaking with a woman who's president of a college, and I said, did you negotiate hard for your salary? And she said, no, I, I didn't negotiate at all. I just like the work. I just I just love the work, so I, did, I didn't negotiate. <laughs> well, I mean, she and most of us have a heart to serve. And so that's why I'm, in the book I'm talking about these great traits, these inherent traits that God has given us. But if we take them to the extreme, these assets become liabilities. And so sometimes we have women with these traits of being so servant-hearted until we'll just do all the work and, and, uh, or we'll just take on too much. Because I always tell everybody, if you're servant-hearted, don't forget, if you're a servant-hearted leader, that you are still a leader. So you don't do all the work. You know, you set a good example and you show that you're willing to get in the trenches. But if you do too much, you're going to be overburdened. And pretty soon you're not going to be leading anything. You're going to be sick. (laughs) That's a fact. That definitely happens. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm curious, Deborah, did you have some mentors while you were growing up and then later in your studies and in your profession? I, I wouldn't say that they were up close and personal, but I did read a lot of people's work. Um, just even and mostly by men. But as I uh, advanced in my career, I sought out men to be mentors and um, and they've proven to be good mentors for me because, listen, they wrote the rules for leadership for the most part. And I wasn't necessarily trying to assimilate a male style. But at first I did. I made big mistakes in that area. I thought I needed to be rough and tough and direct and cold and harsh so that people would know I am tough. I'm like a man and I can lead. And then I found out, as we always say with this analogy, sports analogy, that didn't advance my ball down the court. I uh, found that as I leaned towards more being uh, nurturing and encouraging development and being a little bit more patient with people who may not have been great performers at the beginning, I found that that took time and effort, but I had to be very intentional because it, uh, ultimately I, it helped me to d- develop better employees. And so I had mentors. Um, remote mentors, and I had some up-close and personal mentors. But it was the spiritual mentors, really, I think, that helped me the most, to help me to look beyond a person's performance, not to tolerate mediocrity, but to look beyond performance and understand that the whole person comes to work and people have issues. I used to not like for people to be absent. It's like, that's too personal. (laughs) This is work. And I realized that life happens. My husband taught me that. He's a manager, a financial manager as well. And he said, listen, people's kids get sick and all of that. And no matter what your goal is and your deadlines, you're going to have to learn how to adjust to that. And I think that's been one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that, you know, the whole person comes to work and life happens. 
Yeah. That is so true. I'm dealing with an air conditioning problem right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so life does happen. <laughs> it does happen, and you got to flow with it so you don't get stuck in, oh, my gosh, this is awful. I try now not to look at anything as just being, like, awful. This is awful. It's just It just is, and I have to figure out how do I maneuver through this? How do I get beyond it? And that's, It's a great mindset because I don't stay with – I don't bemoan anything that I can't control or change. And I just say, okay, Lord, what would you have me to do now? Tell me what's next. Give me my next step. <laughs> That's that, it. That is a very good lesson, Deborah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you touched on this a little bit, but as women, how do we hinder our own progress on the job? Well, on the job, we do a lot of things. Uh, but one of the things I find, and I have 12 chapters on this, 12 uh, tendencies that we have that are counterproductive to our progress. And one of them really is just to start out by lacking confidence. A lot of times we don't apply for better positions or positions that look like they're outside of our comfort zone because we don't have the confidence. It's so interesting that women usually are proficient, but despite all of our education and training, we limit, we limit our ability to just that. We don't really take a risk. We don't, most of the time women don't have the confidence and this is not everybody, but to just step out there and to show up. I read a study that showed that a 50%, a guy will apply for a job. If he has 50% of the qualifications, a woman will only apply if she has about 90%. That's interesting to me. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe, <laughs> you know? maybe we're more detail-oriented or something. Well, we, we, we're thinking we'll fail, and so we, mm. we tend to be more perfectionist. And so it's like, okay, I'm not going to do anything I don't do well. And there are some things you just learn on the job, and you develop confidence really by stepping outside of that comfort zone. So I challenge people to just do one little thing that you don't feel comfortable doing. Just make it a habit of just each day try to do something that was a little bit outside of your comfort zone, whether it's public speaking, doing a Facebook Live, whatever it takes. <laughs> Get outside of that comfort zone. That's great. A great way to build our confidence if we do yeah. a little bit every day. Right. So how do we see uh, leadership in roles outside of the job, like in the family or in the church? Uh, how can women be better leaders in those areas as well? Well, the same principles apply, and I'm glad you phrased it that way, because leadership isn't just about some title or some delegated authority that we get outside of the home. Leadership is influence, and that's what my mentor, John Maxwell, always said. Leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. So whether you're planning a family dinner or the annual picnic or whatever, you are a leader, and you have to use the same skills. The same, uh, the same need to be collaborative, getting other people involved, knowing that none of us is as smart as all of us. So we don't want to dictate because we, we're the only ones who can do it well. We don't have to uh, be perfectionists so that I, no one can do it like me. And then we also can make sure we maintain that life balance. See, all those things are important. To, even though you want to see things done well, don't overwork. You know, assign, delegate. Trust other people to do it. And that those are all important uh, aspects of leading. And so we can do that no matter what our realm of leadership is. And especially in church, I find that women just really overwork. I've worked as a CFO of, of a mega church before, and I found that I really overworked. I worked 14-hour days. And why did I do that? Because I like the accolades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I liked everybody saying, man, she is the best CFO we've ever had. She works hard. You know, the last person didn't work that hard, blah, 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 blah. And so I thought, but you know, is it by, what does it buy you? You know, I stopped working out and started working late. <laughs> what does that buy me? 
<laughs> so we just got to be conscious of these things and manage ourselves. We got to manage all of our traits. And that requires getting before God and saying, search me, show me what I need to stop doing, show me what I need to start doing. But in the book, I do give you some, uh, you know, the tendencies that you may not be aware of that you need to stop and say, hey, am I engaging in this counterproductive behavior? That's, that's, the, that's the whole goal there. Well, and you kind of touch on we have to manage, we have to lead ourselves first, don't we? Yes. Yes, we do. We do. And if we don't, we're going to find, we, you know what, it's, it is, it's amazing how easy it is to slip into those little, those bad habits, even just not even understanding, let's say, a male mindset. Uh, many of us are so busy working, and then there are so, some people, women, who are just totally unaware of how they present themselves. And so sometimes you'll have women who show up at work dressed a little bit, maybe inappropriately, maybe a little too um, how can you say, I don't know, sexy, right. <laughs> that's how you say it, and, and, and you lose your credibility. And so mm. a lot of times, you, you know, we'll say, well, well, men shouldn't be looking. Listen, Chris, you can live in Shouldsville and say what they shouldn't be doing, or you can get a reality check and say, how do I want to be remembered here? Do I want to be remembered by that short skirt? I mean, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just telling you that uh, Shantae Felhan has done Many, many studies on this, and you just got to be aware of how you come across, in a, in a, especially in a mostly male environment, if you want to be taken seriously. Yes, and she's certainly a good research-based author to check out. Oh, she is. She wrote the uh, she wrote the cover endorsement for me, and I'm just I love her work. It's, it's and I based a lot of my uh, res- study results uh, on what she has said. On what she has said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, would you like to inspire us to somehow find that dream role of leadership or that place of purpose where God wants us to use the gifts and the personality traits that he's given us? You're a public speaker. How would you inspire us? I would say, first of all, don't try to do leadership in your own strength. I like to teach people supreme confidence. Stop pursuing self-confidence. That's a worldly concept. In fact, in Proverbs 28, 26, it says, he who trusts in himself is a fool. What I find is if you understand that adequacy doesn't come from you, it flows through you. Listen, that has been a, a truth that has changed my life. And I base it on that scripture in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. It just says we're not sufficient of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. I show up with that mindset. I show up with a mindset that if I if I'm here, God is going to help me. I want to make sure I'm in the place he's calling me. And then I don't worry about the limitations. I don't worry about uh, who says I shouldn't be there. Is that a woman's job? I don't entertain those kind of thoughts. If I'm I'm on assignment, then God has equipped me. And so I say I will say to a woman, where do you add value to the world? What area do you see that people come to you and they ask you for your solution to a problem? We're all the solution to somebody's problem. And that's why we got to say, okay, if this is what I'm supposed to do, then God, show me the way to do it. Don't don't worry about not being qualified. Don't worry about not having all the resources. Step out and just start. Start little. Start wherever you need to start, but start. Our publisher here is always asking the question, who can I help today? So I think you uh, have asked that throughout your career as well. I have, and especially in my writing, every book I've written has solved a problem. When you talk about 30 days to taming your tongue, I'm not a great marketer, Chris, but I tell you, I try to write content that I'll ask God, what problem do you want to address? How can I help people to uh, personally develop? 
so that we're always growing in you. And when he told me to write that book about the tongue, it was through a big mess up that I had done. It wasn't like he spoke out loud and said, write a book on the tongue. I messed up and it's like, okay, if I mess up in this area, I'm sure a lot of people are. I didn't know it resonate with over a million people later, <laughs> but I just wrote the book, you know, and it was, at first it was too little. It was like a 21 day fast and it's a verbal fast from abstinence. It's a, it's a verbal abstinence from negativity. That's what that book is uh, about. Okay. And uh, yeah, so, but at any rate, I just, so again, you're solving a problem. What is it that people come to you for the most? What do they ask your opinion on? Then that may be your calling. Sometimes people say, I don't know what my calling is. Well, just start with wherever you add value to people. Trust me, God will shine the light on it if you step out. And you do seem like a very positive, joyful person. Where does that come from? Strictly the Holy Spirit. It, mm. uh, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. I always say that. It's produced in us by the Spirit. It's a mindset. It says that all things are working together for my good. And I have to tell you, I have to say that a lot sometimes because sometimes it's just <laughs> not looking like it's, I can't figure out the good's going to come out of this, Lord. But I believe it in my heart that no matter what. That's why I was able to deal with the racism for years and years and years. And I'm not a bitter person. I have multicultural friends. I love all that stuff because everything works together for my good. Nobody can thwart God's purpose for my life. When you have these kind of scriptures that are like the, the foundation of your life, it, you have a different mindset. You don't feel like you're ever the victim. And as you know from my materials, I'm sure the publisher sent you, I always say, I'm always a winner. I'm never a victim. I'm, how can you ever be a victim when God has purposed your life and everything is working together for your good? If you don't maintain that mindset, you're going to get stuck in anger and ain't it awful. Because... <laughs> See what I mean, Chris? Yes, yes. We certainly all need that perspective in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Especially with good. what's going on in America right now, don't we? Whew. It's a, there's a lot going on, but you know, I'm speaking out. I'm trying to speak out in a way, having told my story, grew up in the South and just so much discrimination. I was 14 years old when they passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Lots, life changed a little bit. Um, but you know what? It's, I, I watch even how I tell my story. I want to tell it in such a way it doesn't engender anger and hate. It's like, no, I want you to know what you can work through. You know, I want to inspire stick to itness and resiliency. So that's what I want. You know, that's my goal is to always leave people feeling better about themselves and not just feeling better, but knowing that we serve a big God. We serve a big God who can make all the difference and everything is working out for your good. I believe that. Absolutely. I say amen to that. So uh, we want to point people to your website where they can uh, find out more about you and about your books. So what is that website? Well, it's Confronting Issues, and that's what they ask. ConfrontingIssues.com will get you there. And, of course, my name will get you there, Deborah Pegay, which is a little difficult to spell, P-E-G-U-E-S. <laughs> but any iteration of it will get you there. Google will find me. <laughs> but Confronting Issues will get, the, get you there. You'll find excerpts from the book. And I'm really excited about Lead Like a Woman, and the implication is Not Like a Man. It's time for us to embrace what God has given us and to go on. It's our time to shine. It really is. Excellent. Well, Deborah, I wonder if you would mind praying for our listeners as we close. Well, Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, because our eyes are on you. You created us for a purpose, and it's so good to know, God, that all the days ordained for us were already written in your book. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the source of our confidence. Lord, And as we just say yes to you and yield to you and accept the gifts that you've given us. Help us not to waste a single one. 
shine the light on our souls, Lord, so that we know the things that we do that keep us from advancing your ball down the court, Lord. And we just thank you that as we acknowledge you in all our ways, you will indeed direct our path. So thank you for being our God. Thank you for choosing us. And based on God, your word, we just say yes to you. And we know that we will succeed in every endeavor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Deborah. We've been speaking with Deborah Smith-Pagay, who is the author of Lead Like a Woman, so and many other books, as we mentioned. So want to give your website again, confrontingissues.com. Thank you, Deborah, for being with us today on Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. It's been fun. Yes, it has. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. Be sure to check out our new podcast on the ever-growing Charisma Podcast Network, and you can get there at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. And, of course, there's uh, Strang Report and Green Lines. You can get some other exceptional interviews there at cpnshows.com. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.